ladies, hello, good morning, and very welcome to another episode of Young Mesh Radio, the podcast. Yay. Good morning. <laughs> How are you both? All good, very excited, and yeah, ready to rumble. Yeah, same, very excited. Right, so um, just for the benefit of the audience, we have not one, but two psychic mediums uh, on, on my screen today and your screen today. And I'm very thrilled to introduce you to um, Heike Sim from South Africa and um, Caitlin Kemp from also South Africa, but recently moved to Ireland. So we have two generations of, of psychic mediums. And uh, before we start, I think it would be relevant to to ask, what is a psychic medium? How do you define yourselves? Heike, let's start with you. So there is lots of misconception regarding the terminology used, but uh, psychic is literally just means heightened senses. So psychic is not necessarily a medium, but every medium is a psychic. And this is where it gets a little bit confusing. So a psychic does is able to like tarot readings, check into all kind of uh, energies and do all of that. But a medium has learned to connect or is able to connect with past left ones as well. So the medium part is the connecting with the past left ones and with the guides and all of that. And psychic is literally just means heightened senses. So, and this is very often where the confusion comes in with too much terminology used on everything. But I actually really like to demystify this a little bit because we all have heightened senses. We just call it very different things and use it in very different ways. Some we find more acceptable than others, depending on who we speak to. So yeah, psychic is heart and senses and the medium part is being able to connect to part of left ones. And uh, I just call it the higher frequencies. I don't know how you would refer to it, Kate. Well, exactly the same way as you've put it. I don't really like calling myself a psychic medium because of all of these misconceptions. Honestly, that I call myself an empath. Empath, okay. Yeah. Um, so a question for the two of you. Is it just the three of us on the podcast or has anybody else from the other side joined? Always, always. I mean, whenever I walk down the street, it's not me just walking down the street. I've got people with me, energies with me all the time. A whole entourage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would feel a little bit crowded that you guys can't get a minute to yourselves. Not, not no. really. It, it is kind of like, you know, they're there, but you don't have to always consciously connect with them to know that they're there. It's kind of like, you know, air is around you, but you don't feel restricted by it. So it's, it's like the best way I always explain to people is like kind of like when you watch TV, you have the option of 500 channels. Yeah. You choose which one you want to watch at a time, but you know the other ones are accessible at any given time. You don't be crowded or overwhelmed by it. You watch the one that you want to watch, but you know at any given time you can plug into. And I think it's the easiest way of giving it some kind of visual kind of idea about it. And how is it for you uh, uh, both? Do you, when you're walking down a street which to everybody else looks completely deserted and empty. Do you see people or do you just sense that they're there? How does it, what's it like? Well, I mean, I, I sense a lot more than I see, but I also see some things. Half the time it's kind of like I can see auras. So I'll see an aura or a shadow or something along those lines, or it looks like just blurred spots well, it depends. Sometimes I don't just walk down the street and I'm doing channel hiker. 
I don't want to watch other channels. It's just kind of like I'm in my head. I do my shopping list. I'm just check what the kids are up to, those kind of things. This, this is kind of like this thing to keep your balance when you know you can do that and you have access and you want to be there for people. And it's it's always about keeping your balance of also doing hiker in this case and i'm sure kate you've got the same thing because it's it, it's like and sometimes you just want to do hiker and, and not access all of that and and, and just to like who am i in all of this and i still have to do my own journey and my own learning with all of that it's great that we can do that but it's very often a thin uh, line within that and then there's times where i go like oh let me see what i can pick up what is there kind of things so it's a matter of what you switch to no 100 percent. i used to when i first started like understanding understanding and accepting who I am and why I am with all of this, I would have these energies that were so overpowering and I'd be like, business hours, not now. That I so get you and that when I first got into that and you kind of like, it's like a kid in the candy store. And you go like, yay, that's amazing. And then you realize they don't know time or space. They can get very infringed. And you're up at three mm. o'clock in the morning and you get all these like, you're like, dude, um, um, I've still got this whole human thing going on. I got you sleep. You know? <laughs> so you have to start putting some boundaries in. Luckily, that cannot overrun free will. So you have to really put boundaries in with it. And it sounds strange, but you got to because you want to be in it, but you still got to somehow function here. And, and it, it's like really having to find also the integrity within that because you can't just go around and stoop in everybody's laugh and kind of thing. It, it's, you can't do that. I mean, you can, but you definitely shouldn't. I wouldn't want to that anybody does that to me. And uh, so dialing back, you guys have both just mentioned when you just started getting into it. So what was it like for you at how did it happen? Was anything a trigger? How old were you? How did you trust yourself and didn't think that, oops, I'm hearing voices. I need to get myself checked in. <laughs> I think we all had that. But partially, we still have it. Because <laughs> sometimes the voices give you like weird, weird stuff. You got you to gotta be kidding. So, so I only got into it in my 30s. I mean, I'm, I'm now 50 and uh, I only got into it in, in, in my 30s. And then the more I got into it, looking back, a lot of things made different scenes. And uh, so, uh, so I wasn't one who was aware from very early. There were a few things that I found a bit weird. And I grew up in a very Catholic kind of background in a very nice way. And nothing was like shut down my throat, but it was a little Bavarian dope. I grew up in Germany. So it was very much uh, that kind of thing. And then in my mid thirties, uh, I had always the curiosity and I, and I was always interested in the psychic medium kind of thing. And I used to go to psychic fairs and it was always, oh, that's amazing, but it's them and this is me. There was no way that I could over like step over this thing. It's like it's a special people. And is that the ones that have been born in specific, like all those stereotypical kind of things that you have. And then I just did like a Reiki course with a friend of mine because I worked a lot with kids my whole life and, and, and all of that. And I thought it would be a nice thing because I worked with traumatized kids as well. And within doing a Reiki course, which is an energy course, I started literally seeing like like energy lines and I'm kind of like standing next to one. I'm like, did you see that? You're like, what? And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and I was like, and there it was again, because first I thought, oh, maybe it was just reflecting from the last or whatever. And then there it was again, clearly where, where she had her hands. I was like, uh-oh. So I went into this whole thing again. And then curiosity said, and then from there, I just took it to the next thing. And I really, I think ultimately curiosity got me into it and I tried things out. And I literally terrorized my friends with it. And uh, after a while, with their feedback kind of stuff, I just played around with it more. But ultimately, it's you have to trust it. That's the biggest challenge in it. But how do you trust it? How does it not feel that 
I'm really losing it. Kate, I know you went through a stage of uh, thinking that, didn't you? I still sometimes think that. I'm still trying to find that. Am I talking out of my butt now or is this actually happening? I'm still figuring out. But because what, why that is, it's like sometimes when things come out of my mouth, my brain goes like, oh, my flip hiker, really? But this thing, it is zero reference to my life. So my brain is trying to make sense of it within my life, and it can't fit there because it's not part of my life. So it, it, it somehow belongs to the recipient, which has a complete different life. So I say things, for example, it's like, oh, I can smell milk tart, and my, my brain goes like, hiker. And they go like, oh my God, yes, that was his favorite food. Like, oh. <laughs> so this is kind of like, because my brain is obviously trying to make it fit into my life. And, and everything else in me goes like, no, it's clearly milk tart. So it's like, so this is like, we just have to trust that I am the, the postman. I'm not the one writing the letters. I'm not the recipient. I'm, I'm, not, I'm the postman. I just got to trust that. So we still got those moments and we still got the like, but um, there's this trust factor in it and you have to risk it besides that we ask ourselves to be crazy all the time other people are like and give us the look like you talk to dead people and like yeah you should try but do you guys way. like having this ability does it feel like more of a gift or a burden i don't care do you want to answer that one <laughs> in in the beginning it's felt more of a burden than anything because i didn't know much about it i didn't understand anything um, growing up, I was very sheltered from a lot of things. So this was very new, no idea what was going on. But but now, I it, it feels like more like a gift. You know, it it's taught me lots of life lessons. And then I can, I don't know, it just makes me feel more in touch with the rest of the world around me. And what's the biggest lesson that you've learned so far? Don't trust everything that comes up there. <laughs> That, that that gut feeling, that little thought that's constantly in the back of your head, trust that, listen to it, it's your intuition. It's not you being scared or being weak or shy, it's, it's listen to it. It's in the back of your head, it's constantly there, listen. Yeah, gut always knows more than the brain. Brain is constantly trying to catch up. Yeah. And it makes sense. The brain is an organ like our liver and our kidney. And in my case, my brain has 50 years of knowledge. And we're trying to get my 50-year-old brain to explain the universe that exists for thousands and millions of years in, in dimensions that it can't fathom. And then we go like, unless my brain agrees, it doesn't exist. We kind of like, mm, there's a flaw in that theory. So, and it's also very often people ask me, how do I know if it's gut uh, instinct, uh, if it's spirit, or if it's my brain, or if it's just something I want. And everything is energy, ultimately, and frequency. And anything that is instantly your first gut instinct is always instant, because energy doesn't need to process, it already is. So when you, for example, see a butterfly and you go like, oh, that's my aunt, then that's your aunt. And then the brain takes about two seconds roughly to process new uh, information. And the brain goes like, yeah, you just wanted to be your aunt. Dismiss that part. Whatever comes yeah. first is your gut because energy does not need to process. Energy is. Yeah, that makes sense. That's actually a very good way of explaining it. And uh, I wonder why... And we'll get to that, and to the many examples that you both, um, which came through, which were 
evidence and and came true. Um, and I wonder why science hasn't been able to um, to prove any of this. Um, I know, for example, in the states there's a uh, there's an institution which is called Winbridge Institute for Applied Research in Human Potential. And from what I know, there are 19 certified psychic mediums uh, in the U.S. Um, so why why aren't more people tested? And would you be interested in in having yourself uh, tested? I have honestly no interest in being tested at all, because firstly, um, I want to say science will always be busy trying to catch up, and they have they they are doing that by all means and in many ways. And Greg Braden did a lot of work about the science of miracles and those kind of things, and they are catching up by all means, but. And there's never a one fits all. And I always said it's a million shades between wrong and right. But I have no interest because my, my, my personal point is in that I can either spend all my time, my energy, and, and trying to prove something that is irrespective if I prove it or not. Or I can try and use the time and the energy in, in order to, to reach the people that want to be reached. So I don't feel the need. And uh, if somebody wants to discuss it, I'll be open to be curious anytime. But I'm over this whole, I have to prove it. And even I mean, science, it's not necessarily because they want to prove me wrong. They want to know, I understand that. But I oh, feel like well. I don't have the need to do that. So, um, and, and time is a limited commodity here on Earth. So, and Kate, yeah. I can see you nodding. Are you feeling roughly about the same? How you feel? No, exactly the same. I've never felt the need to having to prove this to anyone else because I know what it's feeling like now for myself and the people who I do end up reaching out to or being around, you know, and you know, I've never felt the need to having to expand it more because it's been here forever. It will be in these pers in these people's lives when it needs to be. I'm not going to go out and force it onto anyone else. And it's not really forcing it, I suppose, but I I want it to come up at the right time when it needs to, you know, so I'm just going to let it come to me. And do you guys feel this? Um, it's a skill like any other skill, like any other muscle which can be strengthened and anyone can learn it? Do spirits to talk to everyone or is it just, do we always need an intermediary, I suppose? I mean, for me, I think... It's, it's like a muscle that you can strengthen over time. 100% I've experienced it, you know, and everyone has an ability of, you know, being empathic. Everyone is empathetic. You're always experiencing things throughout the day that is somehow linked to all of this, you know, and you can strengthen it. In my opinion, that's just me, but yeah. I fully agree. I always say to people, like, if you have senses, you can hide them. It's like with anything. What you spend time with and, and pay attention to is, is what you're going to grow. If you want to be a Formula One driver, you spend a, a lot of time in a car and on, on track. And this is the same here. If I could learn it in my mid-30s, anybody can learn it. And, uh, and, and as a sludge, I was the furthest from it. And I came from a very academic kind. There's also so many misconceptions. We just decide that we can't do it. And that's where I came from. I was convinced there's me and there's people you have to go to because unless you're born that way, you can't access it, which is utter nonsense. We are here, we human, you have senses. If you want to, you can do that. How much are you prepared to put into it to get there is up to you, but it's like with anything. You can, absolutely. 
But you know, I'm thinking, um, well, at this point, I'm obviously in a position where I'm desperately trying to have a conversation with Masha uh, without having to call on either one of you on a regular basis and harassing you. And um, and so far, occasionally, I get a I get a whisper here or there. Uh, but given how, and Kate will um, testify to that, given how close Masha and I have always been, I mean, from the minute she was born, it's always been so intertwined and and i don't know we're like twins we're just constantly together and um, and so i fully uh, i kid you not i fully expected um that i would actually physically see her and when it didn't happen i was like whoa what's happening why and then for a very long time i couldn't sense anything i couldn't feel anything i couldn't hear anything there was absolutely radio silence and i found it very distressing and um and like I said, I still cannot summon her at my whim, but, and it feels very, I don't know, it's, um, that emptiness, the quiet feels very scary and disheartening. And then the minute there's the silence and you think, oh my God, maybe I've imagined the whole thing. And so how do, what advice would you give to people who are grieving and who are trying to get hold, not get hold, but have a regular uh, way of communicating with the people who've passed, who've transitioned? First of all, what, what we do, we expect one specific way that they do communicate with that. And if it's not that, we normally very often miss a million other ways that they are communicating. First of all, they are connecting, they are communicating, they are there. Secondly, what very often happens is that uh, grief is an incredibly, I call it dense energy. So that's why it's easier, for example, for, for Kate and I to connect to people that we, I mean, you knew Marsha in this case, but in my case, I didn't knew Marsha. I didn't know you. So I had zero emotional connection to it. So I didn't have to wait through the emotional attachment first to get to that connection, which you, of course, have to. And it, it, the, 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 I want to say the more it's earlier days, of course, the, the, more, the heavier that feeling is still. So the connection is always there. But at the best I can say it is giving your visual is like you have to walk through mist to look for that connection where I don't have the mist. I can go straight for the connection. So, but as you go and you find that space was that, and also the need to, to connect is different. So when you just kind of like open, oh, see what is there, let, let me just see we are open and we just like, we can connect. It's like when we are coming from a grief, we kind of like sometimes need that connection as a lifeline. Yeah, it's and a bit of a like desperation. not come through right. That yeah. is a different kind of desperation. It's like a feel like yeah. I'm going to lose it if I don't. And as much as this is valid, and this is why you can't summon at this stage, at this stage, if you would try and, 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 and do that, like, and that's what I normally recommend, try and connect with someone who has passed a longer time ago that you were connected to as well, like with a grandmother or something like that, where the emotional impact isn't as raw at this very moment. And they will come through. So I want to say practice with them. They are happy to connect. Spirit is always happy to connect. But where the impact isn't as high, that the mist isn't as thick, they will always be around. They all, you are always connected. And, oh, that's, and that's, that's, that's a good point. So trying to connect with people who are not, when the pain is not that acute. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So I guess, I guess my next and biggest question is from what you guys have been able to see and experience and feel the biggest question on this planet what happens when we die 
I don't know. This is, I read a book called Many Lives, Many Masters. Brian Weiss. I who the author is, but it, in my opinion, it was just a great example. So highly recommend. And so that's where I've kind of based my, my idea or my answer off of. Life is, it, it, it continues. Whether you are in the physical plane or like, I mean, your soul is your soul. You are who you are. You know, and you live life on the physical plane to feel human emotions, to feel pain, to feel pleasure, to feel whatever comes from being human. Because when you are in that soul space, you're not really feeling anything physical because you don't have a body. So in each life, there's a lesson and you go up and you hang out for a bit and you decide what your next lesson is going to be. Who you're gonna be in your life at that point? That's that's kind of my thing. The life is it, it's it continues. There's no end. There's a beginning, but there's no end. Energy is constantly going through. Like you know, in physics, energy never stops. It just changes. That's, that's where science actually agrees with us. So that's yes. a wonderful thing. This is actually like we agree. We're just taking it in different dimension. Let's, you know, fully agree with Kate and that and Brian was so the way he wrote the book as well. Uh, actually describes it quite well. And 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 I agree with that as well. I've done lots of crossing overs. And what comes through, no matter what the background is, is like there's a transition phase where the leave, where the soul leaves the body. And in a transition phase, the beauty about the transition phase is that they go like nearly like going through a phase where they go through their lifetime here, like they're watching it kind of like a movie and all those negative things that we experience in our human form gets replaced with understanding. And I think that is the most important part because they don't arrive on the other side and hold a grudge with this one and a grudge with that one and mad with this one. They're like, oh, now I understand what was my role in this life and this with that and why I've done this and why I was angry. But understanding replaces all those negative emotions or all those what we perceive as hard or difficult or whatever it is so when then they come through they come like oh i know i've done that but now i understand why i've done that how it affected you what the lesson was and this is how i can guide now and then the soul families are always the same and i think it's so important and it helps people so much when, when they come for crossing overs because there's this whole the body is gone so it, it's like the whole person the whole content the whole soul no the soul is always connected it's always the soul's same soul family that's why there is this like when you sometimes meet people it's not like you get to know them you remember them just have this like familiarity with that person because that is the same soul family so energy always remembers and there is a um, John Homewood is also doing a lot of that stuff and he refers to our physical thing as our meat suit and I actually like how he demystifies that because the soul has different lifetimes chooses a meat suit to have those experiences the meat suit has an expiry date leaves they gather this whole thing come together like what we're going to do in the next one then they choose a new meat suit it's like getting a new vehicle getting in and but we mustn't forget to have fun with this whole thing the whole idea of having a life is having fun and living and experiencing with it. So it's That's a little bit like theater then. So you, you come on stage, you have a bunch of actors with you, you play out your part, you come back. I wouldn't call it a theater. I would I always say it's, it's like going to school. You're going from one grade to the next because you say, that's what I've learned. This is what I want to add on to. This is okay now. It's, I always say it's like you're going to the next grade. 
And this is always there, like coming on earth is like big school. And then you see if you passed or not, if you want to add on or if you have to rewrite certain exams or not. And, and but the sound of things, we just keep uh, failing our grades. We'll keep coming back and coming back and coming and coming back. Well, the thing is, people see it as coming back as a punishment, but, but this is also like it depends what we attach to being here. And of course, when we have incredible hard times, it feels more overwhelming. But... Um, Everything is neutral until we attach something to it. If it's a punishment, if it's learning, if it's an opportunity or an adventure, this is what we attach as human beings. The soul is not out to punish, neither is the universe. It's sure, neutral. but uh, people who are finding themselves, and I think um, what I'm observing now, the last, really since, uh, since 2020, uh, it seems like there's a massive, as a mass exodus, of souls um, and it feels like there's such a it feels like humanity is in a very tight spot both from uh in terms of economical uh situation worldwide uh in terms of health in terms of um uh climate change uh it feels like a lot of people more more than usual are finding themselves in a very 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 tight spot and uh so from that point of view i can see how people would think well, you know, it's easy to say have fun. It's easy to say not have any human attachments. But what if I can't feed my my babies and I'm literally watching my child die? Um, it's a much tougher situation to digest. Of course, I hear what you're saying. And of course, the outer circumstances are not the easiest. I'm not saying we need to ignore what's happening around us, but how we react to it and say like, how we experience the time we do have an influence on it we cannot uh, have an influence on like if there is a war if there isn't a war uh, of course that is there is outer circumstances but who we are within that how we react to it and yes if we have money or not and and but i can either go every single day and 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 uh, say like i will somehow survive it and find some resilience in that and somehow teach my children that and i will not go down because i believe there's this that and the next thing where i can get every morning i can get up and say like i'm just going to sit here and wait till i'm gone so and that will tremendously tremendously change on how i perceive that so attitude and then i suppose one of my next questions is um how much of our life is predetermined and how much is free will i always say ultimately everything is free will so uh, because as much as i always say this it's kind of like you get a recipe that's your life if you follow it or not and how much or not that's up to you and this is why the hour kind of like uh indication that we more aligned to the recipe and what we want as an outcome is like how much you're comfortable in it how difficult we find it or not it's like the so-called flow the alignment because when you are in the current then it's obviously easier than when we go against it and then you can either adjust or not so and depending on how we choose to adjust or not and with the choices that we make we can choose how we get there if we get there but um i don't think that uh, that whole predestined kind of thing, I still feel ultimately all stands and falls with free will. But I also heard things like uh, there's some some things which are comic, like, for example, Masha leaving so early was meant to be. It wasn't, let's say, for example, if I took her to the doctors a year earlier, it wouldn't have changed anything. 
Well, from a karmic point of view, there is a lot of that I agree with you. But within the time that she is here, that she has experienced that, let's not forget from a karmic point of view, from a soul level, she still had a certain say in that. And as much as that is tremendously hard to understand from a human point of view, because why would she choose that? Why would she? I get that. And on the other hand, why would you be part of this? Because as a soul group, you somehow had to agree to the soul contract. So in a human kind of thing, like why on earth would I want to go to that? Why would she want to go through that? Why would we as a family want to go through that? So this is kind of like, I always say, I wish we would get the memo when we come here, but then would we still walk the path? Would we still learn it or would we avoid it? Yeah. So yes, within that, what is happening is still up to us. She could have kicked and forward. No, she did a podcast. She was getting people involved. She was being a voice. She could have sat in the room and cried 24 seven and feel sorry for herself. She, she could have written a book. She, she could have like, uh, she would have had a, she had a million choices within that, but she chose that. She chose to get us here today. And then, and she's good in recruiting, I must say. <laughs> but this is her, that was all part of that. She chose to get a whole global wave going. But that was the first steps had to happen to for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. A question for both of you. What is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten from a spirit? Many, many years ago, I was like 16. And I had just kind of, it's been a few years since I figured out and started seeing where I am with all of this. Um, and I was in hospital uh, for meds and stuff like that. And I was trying to go to bed and I couldn't because there were three shadows hanging over me, over my bed. And they weren't particularly nice, but I was trying so hard to try and control the situation. I was forgetting but my guides and I heard this most angelic voice like how I'm talking it wasn't in my head it wasn't next to my ear it was like it was me but it wasn't me saying don't worry we've got this go to sleep within five minutes I saw this this light just light up the room no one else saw it but I did and the, these shadows were gone that was the best advice I think I've ever had was you know you're here, but just relax, <laughs> go to sleep. And how about you, Heike? I want to say when I was like at, at this whole kind of like, um, I want to say um, point of like uh, where I had to make a choice if I'm going to stop fully into this and do this or not, or if I'm just going to keep it like on the sideline kind of thing. Because fact is, I had a, a career and, and everything and I was, um, I'm a teacher, I, I'm, I'm a Montessori therapist, I worked with, with, with kids with so-called behavior issues and does that and traumatized kids and all of that. But all of those kind of places uh, are linked to some kind of religious background, all the children's homes and all of those kind of things. So the moment you go out there and say like, okay, I'm a sonic medium uh, for a living from here onwards, I'm going to communicate with the people, with spirit guides, I'm going to do energy healing, I'm going to do tarot cards, do metaphysical stuff, um, and they're going to like, you will never get employed again. And that's not. No school will employ you, no children's home will employ you, no social worker can stuff, nothing. So, and then the next thing is like, then you have half the people that want to put you on a mantelpiece and the other half wants to burn you on the stake. Because the moment it's out, it's out. So, and I was literally so petrified of, of like, and I was just divorced and I was just kind of like having to move out. And it's less kind of like, I still have to pay bills and I still have, and the only thing it literally came to like a whole choir, it's just 
just trust it. And I was kind of like, and I literally stood there like, you guys better got this. And I literally pressed the send button and put my first advert out that this is what I'm doing and, and you will never get employed again. Thank goodness I didn't need to. And, and, and that was my biggest kind of like when you sweat bullets, but you do it anyway. And this is what, what, what Spirit calls you to do. I've never regretted it, but did I sweat bullets and not just once. And, and, and that is where the trust comes in because this is something they don't teach you at school. This is not something, this is like an, an, a career orientation. Yeah, I'm going to be a psychic medium when I'm big. No, you're not. <laughs> so the, the trust thing over and over again, this is coming through for me. And I'm, I'm one wheel and a, a big uh, clockwork kind of thing. But quite frankly, if I don't work, the clock doesn't work. And if the rest of the clock doesn't work, I don't work. So it's, so that, that was my biggest kind of thing in it. Do you know, and that's so interesting. I had, um, I had a conversation with my Kabbalah teacher and, and I said to him, like, you know, I have a public talk that I need to present and I'm not big on public talks. I'm very introverted. So for me, a crowd is a crowd. It's work. And, and he said to me, he says, you're looking at this whole thing all wrong. You're focusing on you, whereas the focus should be on the message. Your job is to deliver a message. So forget about how you look, forget about your hands, forget about any of that stuff. Just focus on the message that you're giving. Your job is to deliver that message. And it's exactly, I think, what you're saying. So just forget about, you know, have enough trust that things will fall into place for you, but you have to go out of your way and make sure that your job is delivered to the best of your ability. That's exactly mm -hmm. that. That's, that's what I literally tell people now before sessions. I'm the postman shoot me don't shoot me i'm still the postman what needs to come through needs to come through i didn't write the letter you asked for it to be delivered here it is you and paid good money for it as well sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but, but that is literally what it is and, I also, I, and there's another misconception i don't do predictions i don't believe in predictions i believe in free will and empowering really, people yeah. to free will there's a big difference between like people automatically think psychics are, are, are fortune tellers Mm. I'm not. I, I think it, I don't believe in that at all. Because it's only because you don't have a crystal ball. I can see what the problem is. You just need I a crystal ball. Crystal balls. <laughs> crystal balls. I actually got five of them here in my desk. All right. Okay. Um, I'm actually interested. Why do you think we don't use uh, mediums more uh, as part, for example, grief therapy? It should be another tool in the toolbox. So one, one um, group therapy thing I went to, they used oracle cards. Um, one of the occupational therapists would bring out a deck of oracle cards and we choose one card. Look at the word. How, do, how does this word make you feel kind of thing, which I thought was incredible. But I don't think that we use them as much because of the different beliefs that everyone has. You know, if you're a Christian, you're kind of taught don't do not do tarot cards, don't dabble with them, blah, blah, blah. But and it could be at least offered, right? Because most people now live in a secular society where we believe in choice, ultimately. Yes, but it's still a huge percentage of the population have these big um, beliefs. I don't want to say religious beliefs, but they're, they're just beliefs. And there's still a bunch of stigma attached to it i mean i've been asked oh so you do tarot cards can you tell me my future and i'm like i can't tell you your future like but you've got cards i'm like 
I can tell you that if you're on the right path or not to get to where you want to be, or here's a message from something or someone, but I cannot tell you your future. And I've had a few times with being in that group therapy session with people saying, this is my future. And we're like, no, it's just a word. Take it as a word. It's not going to tell you your future. And with that stigma, I think it would be really dangerous at this point in time to offer it as a choice. I don't know if you agree or not. This thing, it, it's, it is there in many ways, but it's also a very thin line. What, what happens, especially when people are grieving a lot, it's, it's, they don't want to obviously have any kind of connection. And what I find a lot is that uh, when they reach out to urgent mediums or when there is those kind of groups, they want constant messages, which makes sense. They don't really want to learn how to do that and align. They just want, and it makes sense. It hurts. They want it to go away. They want connection. I understand that but they don't want to learn it at that moment. They, they need the instant kind of something that makes it feel less horrid. So, so it is also kind of like from an, for example, completely discourage people, especially when they had recent losses to connect with me too often because it becomes a hindering thing instead of, of being a tool. So it's a very thin line, what is helpful and what isn't. And, and uh, also because you want to put them in contact with it and say like, use this tool, try that, connect with this, trust that, don't dismiss this, look at that. It's like, but I can just check in with you. I know it is so tempting, but it is not helpful. Uh, so, and yes, and, and as Kate said as well, there's lots of belief systems out there. So I also find very often when things are just being used with different terminology, it's way easier accepted than another. So sometimes we have to use the back door but yeah. it's definitely there in many ways. And how do we recognize when we're actually seeing a sign from a loved one or whether it's our brain looking for patterns or it's just a coincidence? What's the sign? I mean, it has to be re like relevant to your, I mean, my opinion, relevant to your relationship with that person. You know, like for much, it's bright pink, you know? I know that she helped us get this house because my curtains are bright pink and we're the only place. I've, my room is the only room with curtains, you know, that kind of thing. And some people would be butterflies or dragonflies. It, it, it's something that only you and that other person would have felt or seen or like communicated with. You have to know it's not going to happen all the time. But if it does, it, it just... It's in the back of your head. That's how I try and see it. It's the back of your head. And when you know it in like your heart, it makes your heart or your stomach, like, you know, jump a little bit. That's when I'm like, you got it, man. It's there. <laughs> but I can't explain it too well. <laughs> I'm still getting there. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good explanation. It is that. As I said earlier, when you first instigate, oh, that's Marsha. Oh, that's that. It's exactly that because energy instantly recognized. And of course, there needs to be some kind of like, if Masha wouldn't have been the hot pink kind of thing, mm -hmm. uh, you wouldn't have ever put it in. And then you said, and then it becomes a pattern. It's like learning a language, of course. Then it becomes a pattern. And then you know instantly, yeah, then you're not even questioning it anymore. So it doesn't have to be either. Or. Of course, it becomes that because you learn a new Masha language. It was not like it was English that you spoke to each other. Now you speak spirit. And this is like part of the spirit language. So if it's the hot pink, if it's specific music that you hear, 
and and people often say how do you know if if, if it's like a coincidence or or if it's actually synchronicity i said well ultimately it's what you want to believe and if you are in reaction to life or if you're part of life and in it and or in connection with it because that's what synchronicity is ultimately it's what you believe and then it is a pattern and then your brain learns to look for that and finds it more often so they can speak it's like learning more vocabulary that they can that you can speak a language more so lots of it is very practical and very logic but because we haven't been exposed to it on yet and the need was very often not there to connect i was there all along but the need is now very different it was that the motivation is very different and was that the impatience very often as well of course as you said i can't summon her yet yeah not yet you need to learn the language fully first you learned a few words you need to learn the grammar now and everything else to do that so if it's butterflies, if it's sometimes a specific smell, if it's a specific music, but what does work and try it out. I always say to people, when you want to summon her or get in connection with her, just close your eyes because they only ever connect via the senses, never via the brain. The brain is an organ. It's like your liver and kidney. They don't like livers and kidneys. So literally just stand for a second and go like, let me know you're here. And you will either get, and then get into your senses. You will either get a little shiver or you will get something because this is when you clearly exclusively only go in energy frequency marsha and it will yes. instantly happen that means you slip out of every other frequency and you only go into that one and you will only be the receptive and i promise you she will let you know you will get a little shiver you will get a little something I promise you that works every single time oh, i'd love to try it out i will definitely try it out it sounds fabulous ground yourself sit on the floor close your eyes like grounding is very important just feeling like the floor or your chair hold your body instead of you feeling like you're sitting at the chairs holding you, the ground is supporting you, close your eyes and breathe. Deep breathe. Deep breathe. Like steady breathe if you want, but breathe, deep breathe. Oh, goodness, you guys are like PE teachers. <laughs> so, um, so are we safe to assume that spirits communicate with everyone? Yes. Yes. Right. So there's no one that's uh, suddenly being ignored. It's not like, oh, do you know what? You may be lucky. You, 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 you feeling your loved one, but I'm not. Everyone gets messages. Everyone gets messages. It depends on the person of how receptive they are or not. If you are in deep grieving, it will be a little bit harder to see. Well, what if you're not grieving at all? Maybe you're just perfectly fine, and maybe it's your I don't know, a grandparent who, who passed when you were two years old and you're not even grieving for them, you're not thinking about them, but are you still getting messages from them? Yes, I think so. The, the thing is, you will always find... Sorry for interrupting you, Kate. I didn't oh, no, no issues. <laughs> the ones you were closest to is always the ones that you're most aware of because the ones you had the most physical time with is the ones that you will understand and pick up the, the correlation right. to the mood. Uh -huh. So when you pass, when, when your grandparents passed, let's say when you were two years old, you have very little human 3D points of reference to them. So it will be less obvious than, for example, with Marsha uh, or other people you spend a lot of time with that you know their habits, their words, their actions, their, their, their things, their, their, and all of that. It's much easier to pick that up. And, um, and what about animals? So when animals pass and we still have a connection to our animals, we still miss them and we love them. It's a family member, right? Um, we still connect in the same way or how does it happen? Totally. Energy yeah. is energy. Energy, energy is energy. energy. I still feel my cat around. Mm, totally. like, and whenever 
I feel my cat, I feel mush. They're together. Like Jasmine is just the perfect cat for mush. No, they're they're together at the moment. Because they've met each other. Yeah, they're they're got it, hey. Because Jasmine is just this incredible emotional support cat. And do you guys hear animals' thoughts or plants' thoughts? I feel what they're feeling. I don't hear it. No, I don't hear animal thoughts either. I pick up their energies of like where they're at, if they're like in a good space or bad space, kind of thing. Yeah, where where they're sore or something. Yeah, but also children and animals are the most open to pick up spirit, by the way, and energy in Mm. general because they don't overthink. They go straight by instinct. And with kids, especially, the brain isn't too far developed yet, so they don't question them. They still trust blindly their energies. So kids and animals are the most likely to pick up and see and connect to past loved ones and their spirit guides and all of that automatically. So those invisible little friends don't ever dismiss them. Or the kids like babbling into seemingly nothing. They're having big conversations with grandma and grandpa that passed two years ago kind of thing. Because this Uh, is our natural state of being. We unlearning it and then we need to relearn it again. We are born fully connected and animals as well because their brain cannot overthink it. Thanks goodness. That's why they're always drawn to that. That's why they can pick up uh, imbalances in the bodies and those kind of things because it's pure energy. Yeah. Because I mean, animals are, when it comes to communicating with humans, humans, your humans, they're normally towards like nonverbal communication. That's why horses and dogs get along so well with people is because they are with nonverbal communication that's what i've picked up and so when it comes to their energies you can feel it why because you're used to feeling their energies not hearing their voice because they can't talk if that makes any sense it makes perfect sense to me personally um yeah. and out of all of your communications what surprised you most was there anything that you learned and you thought Oh, wow, that really blows my mind. For me, it was having a dream before my loved ones passed away. They would come to me, like, before even they passed away, and I'd dream, and they'd be like, I'm going, I'm safe, I'm happy, I love you. And then half an hour later, I'll wake up, oh, they've, you know, moved on. That was my biggest thing of, oh, shit, (laughs) this is actually wow it doesn't only have to be through energies and like you can dream like a lot of for me the biggest lesson I think I've learned is listen to your dreams look at your dreams keep a dream journal because yeah you might not dream that thing specifically but something's told you you know that this might happen foreshadowing totally dreams is also one of the easiest ways of them to connect because the brain is switched off Yes. They don't have to bypass the brain anymore because the brain is already off, which is normally the thing that starts to constantly try analyze everything spirit tries to get through and question everything. So when we sleep, the brain is out and it can get straight through. It's the recalling we need to to practice. And when people said, oh, I can't remember my dreams, I don't dream, we all dream, we need to practice the recalling, which we can, it's a habit like anything else. And what what do you say to people who don't believe you or who are feeling skeptical like yeah it's a little bit too good to be true or they just maybe do their research what do you say to them nothing what does it's it's say up to them, them. <laughs> if you have any 
questions, let me know. If not, off you go. There is no wrong or right. One thing this whole journey of mine taught me is don't judge. When yeah. the time is right, things come together. When it's not supposed to come together, it's not supposed to come. There is no wrong and right. And that I, 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 and also it humbled me a lot. And I can have a big mouth. It humbled me a lot because it's kind of like I have no right to tell anybody or even think that what I know and where I am is superior or better or worse than where anybody else is because we are where we need to be in our journey. And if we can walk each other home for a while, wonderful. If we're not ready, then I have no right to drag anybody. It's just like I wouldn't want anyone to drag me because it's not like I'm done with my journey. So this is this whole like that is okay. Don't judge it. Yeah. So, and, and that is like one of the biggest, biggest lessons I got from that. I don't have to agree with it, but I also don't have to justify it. And but how do you learn your client's trust? How do you earn it? Uh, the thing is, I can't earn trust. All I can do is ensure that I show up with authenticity and integrity. And this is the thing that I over and over ensure. And this is all I have control over. And they need to decide if they're going to trust that or not. And 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 so what I do every time before I have any kind of consultation with anybody, or generally in love, we should show up with authenticity and integrity. So that it shouldn't be any different if I see a client or if I see my family members, if I see the neighbors, if I go shopping. I should be showing up authentic and with integrity. So this is like, it got me a lot to check in on me. It's like, Hanka, do you have your stuff together here? It's no use like telling other people what to do all the time. Or Absolutely. Like, are you standing in your integrity? Are you are you showing up how you would like others to show up? So, so it, it, it pulls me in a lot. It keeps me very ground. And I go home every night and I say to, to my family, cheapest, we never had issues. We will never have issues. And we are blessed in a million ways, even though we might have challenges. So there's a lot of groundedness that comes with that as well. Do you often in your reading see tragedies, uh, people coming through and saying, I've been murdered in such and such a way, and this is who's responsible? Yeah, there is. Okay, I, I have to deal with my guides that like if anybody has been passing due to some kind of like uh, horrid waste, I don't want to see the visuals. So it's it's because you cannot unsee it. I also don't watch news. So when I have people coming through, they, they, I have specific, I want to say, I, I have my crossing over vocabulary. I've got like a whole, I've got specific signs and signals for things that happen. So A, when they show me like, for example, that that um, that was violent, let's say gunshot. There's a specific symbol they give me for gunshot. They go like that. So like, okay, he was shot. And then there's point to the body part where they were shot at. And then they show me both either third party or worse themselves. And, then, and so they give me like via then via um, audio and symbols what happened. They might show me where the injuries were, but I refuse to see the gory stuff because initially that's all I got. And I was like, couldn't sleep for days. And it's like, you, and mm. as you know, we are empaths. So we, we, we kind of like, and then we hold that stuff. Mm. We don't even know the people, but we're holding it in everything. And then we still have to live our own stuff. So, so yes, and sometimes we do get like, oh no, it was that family member you were thinking of. I personally don't get like necessarily names and dates and stuff, but it was like, no, the person you think it's not that one, it was that one. And very often they don't want to do that because it doesn't serve anything anymore. It's and really the police ever come and ask you for help? The police itself never would, but I had private people coming. They're not allowed to either. 
No. But there's quite a few private investigators and, 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 and people themselves, and then they feed it into them accordingly. And, and let's face it, we are in South Africa at the moment. Police doesn't necessarily listen to anybody, least of all to a scientific medium. What was interesting is um, when Madeleine McCann, I'm sure you've heard of her, when she disappeared, which was now, I don't know how many years, probably about 10 years at least ago, and they've searched high and low. And I do know that they went to consult with psychic mediums and from yeah. what I've heard that she has passed. Um, and sort of drawing on from that, um, are you able to call on anyone who's famous, anyone in, any me in the media to just uh, say, I don't know, for example, off the top of my head, uh, Michael Jackson? And 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 have a conversation with him, or Madeline McCann for that matter. I I haven't been able to connect to someone willingly or out of on my own that I haven't met before. I have I'm not that um, like advanced quite yet. If I'm walking down the street, then I feel something that someone's there, but I can't call on someone I don't know. If that makes sense. Uh, that's just me because I haven't exercised that well enough yet. You know, yeah. I haven't. I simply never tried either because, again, this is like my personal kind of like I want to say code of conduct. And I think, for example, since we used Michael Jackson, this poor dude has been like pulled through all kind of things. There's a lot of sensationalism to it. And unless a family member would come to me because they want some closure kind of thing to that, I don't think I've got the right to just poke into his energy, no matter who he was. Yeah. So, again, this is where my spiritual integrity, how I define it for myself, comes in as well. I do get a sense, for example, with Madeline McCain. It's like, yes, she's on the other side. That, 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 that I go. But do yeah. I really want to know every detail about it? All so, right, I understand. Yeah. That she passed a natural death. No, she didn't. Do I want to know more? No, because I'm going to sit with that. And, 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 uh, but I just had a shiver. Yeah. I just had a shiver all the way to my toes. Like, you know, Kate, like, you know how we in this physical life, everything is about consent. Mm. Same in the spiritual, whatever you yes. want to call it. Mm. Consent is still important. That's why when you go to a new place and you're overwhelmed with all these different energies, you say, you're not allowed to touch me, come near me, you're not welcome. They physically, yeah. well, they can, but they will probably not do anything because, again, it's consent. And what happens if you're, for example, watching the news and then they're talking about some investigation happening um, as we speak, uh, are you suddenly getting a sense of, oh, I know what's happened or does it not even you you have boundaries in place where it doesn't get into your head firstly i try not to watch uh, any kind of news kind of things and and when i do catch some of it or, or whatever or i actually look something up for whatever reason then i normally get uh the whole kind of like nonsense this is wrong this is not right this is whatever and then i choose to disconnect or not from it because the thing is, once you go down the rabbit hole, you go down the rabbit hole. You can't. Wait, hang on. I have actually a much more fun uh, situation. What about lottery uh, winning numbers? <laughs> if I would get one dollar for every time people ask me for lottery numbers, and 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 the best part is, why would I give them to anybody if I would have? No, but you can have it to yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I actually do somebody yeah you know what i've actually got like an account in the cayman islands it's just work because i'm bored and and we had here in, in durban we had the durban july uh, last month it's like one of the biggest horse races here in south africa you have no idea how many people contact me because they wanted to know are you kidding me <laughs> 
So Durban July is incredible. I worked there once for modeling. Mm. I hated it. There were so many energies around and I just Oh yeah, couldn't. that is those places. But but in, in a nutshell, the whole of gambling and that has nothing to do with, with spirituality whatsoever. And and very often it gets my back because there is a lot of in, in, in that field, there's a lot of people out there who obviously take full advantage of that and sell you what winning numbers for this and that for a men, tremendous amount of money or spells or, or bring your husband back and whatever, whatever kind of none that really irks me. But, but, but again, when it's it's playing on people's vulnerability very often as well, and that gets me. I mean, everyone wants to pay for a lot of numbers, so be it. But it's the vulnerability part that normally gets me. No, I get that. I understand. But you you know what? One of the questions which came up um, quite often uh, in different conversations was about angel numbers. And actually, I haven't even heard of the concept of angel numbers up until March last year when Masha suddenly started seeing the sequence on her phone. And it was, and, and uh, it got to a point where it was all the time and initially I didn't pay any attention to that. And then suddenly now it's everywhere. Whatever it is you look at, uh, whether it's a WhatsApp message which comes through and it's, it's got a uh, voice note is one, 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 one minute, 11 uh, seconds long. Or you look at the clock and there's, there's a number. And, uh, and actually a few people in, the, in our mentors group, in the Young Mesh Collective, have mentioned uh, angel numbers as well. Um, how do we find, well, A, first of all, do they mean anything? And also do specific se sequences mean different things? Is there a different message with a different uh, sequence? So my understanding of angel numbers is it's messages from your guides or loved ones saying, yo, I'm here, or yo, you're on the right path, carry on with what you're doing. You so know. the number doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's just it's just that so each individual number, like one on one and two two two, they all have different meanings. So you're gonna have to look up the meaning. I don't know the meanings of Bahad. I still have to Google what these numbers mean. <laughs> but it is a message from your guides, from your loved one, just kind of like encouraging you, bringing you back to reality or whatever it needs to be done. I could, uh, yeah, that's my understanding. It is, and I do have different meanings. The most common ones that people are aware of initially before they go into it, it's like the 11s, the 22, the 33s, and 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 uh, the combinations there of the repetition of there. And again, it's, as you said, once you're aware of it, you then form the pattern and then you see it everywhere. And yes, they have different meanings. Some it's kind of like, please trust you're on the right path. Other ones it's like, you are about to have new beginnings, just keep on going, it might be hard right now. So this is kind of like, I want to say, it's like a little kind of like, it's like your GPS saying like where you're at right now, giving you this little voice. It's kind of like either keep on going or it's hard to start or it's not in vain or no, you're not wrong. And it's like those kind of things that that, that happens. And obviously when there's bigger things that have bigger time frames, they have to come up more often. Just like, no, keep on going. That is okay. And whatever the specific number. Is there a trust uh, website we can, we can go to to have a, uh, a look and understand what they mean? You can literally go on and Google and go like angel numbers and, and uh, there's whole books from it uh, for it as well. And and uh, but find out first which ones go on, go on and overwhelm yourself and learn all the numbers because it's just going to confuse you. But those ones that you're aware of right now, look at that and then see where does it fit into my life right now. And then I always say, take what fits and drop what doesn't fit. Don't make things fit. That's not how it works. Yeah. 
end up with anything in life. What fits, take it, the rest, drop it. And it might come in later or never. It doesn't matter. Take the liberty to mix and match where you are in life right now. It's Thank like you. shopping at different stores for jeans. Yeah. You're, you're eight there, but you're 10 here. So don't squeeze into the eight. I'd rather go for the 10, you know. Obviously go for the eight. <laughs> for the 10 that means i have space to eat while i'm wearing those jeans i'm sorry uh, <laughs> okay you guys final question to the two of you um and it's a big one and it's probably a hard one and if you know the answer what is our biggest mission on earth awakening what does it mean awakening so we we've had centuries and centuries of bringing each other down bringing the earth down you know, hiding what we're feeling, dropping what's not, what people say is right. I think our biggest, like, you know, mission on earth is to hold each other and bring each other to be in a safe space and feeling okay. Acceptance is a huge thing. We have not been accepted or accepting for centuries now. I think that's what it is. That's just my personal opinion. People can agree, disagree. I don't really mind. That's Thank mine. <laughs> but that's the beauty about it. <laughs> um, what's the whole thing about love? It, it, it's, I always say there's only two things in love. It's either love and fear, and there's like a, a million different ways either one shows up. And, and it's like, I always say, we need to love each other back to love. And, and this is what we are about. And if it's an outside, and it needs to start with us. We're way too outside-based. We need to fall in love with ourselves again and start that, that we can bring that to the world. This is why the world is upside down. Why This is why there's a mass accident in so many ways. This is why everything is rumbling, standing on its head, and not, not running accordingly, because it's the absence of that. It's the allowing. It's the being. It's the connecting. It's the, the judging less and living more. It's bringing more joy and instead of concentrating what's wrong and concentrating what's right, more concentrating on what we want it to be instead of what we don't want it to be. Lifting each other instead of oppressing each other. It's, it's kind of like living. That's what life is about. It's about living and, and about loving and, and self and others. We are more generous normally with others doing that and we find it incredibly hard to do that with ourselves. It's about the reconnecting. I think so, and if we call it awakening, which is another word for the mind <laughs> vocabulary, uh, but that's ultimately what it is. It, it's become way too isolated, and, and opposite in the last two years, that was the theme: isolate even more. Left can't exist in an isolated state. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's living and not surviving. And have you managed yes. since since you've discovered your gifts? Have you managed to to apply more of that to your life? Uh, Self love, external love, all kinds of love, just spreading it 100% since I've started my journey I've seen myself go from self-loathing to stop becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy and loving who I am and because of loving who I am I have found that I've had more patience to love someone else that's just the biggest thing for me was the self-loathing and where I am now is just incredible just the differences I've seen in the most beautiful way. I'm, I'm excited to live now, if that makes sense. Thank yeah. you, I love it. Totally. Yeah, I always say like, like love is an inside out and not an outside in shop. And I always say the more full we are of ourselves, the more we can spread it out in the world and, and integrate it. 
and, and we really need to bring them back to ourselves um, and stop feeling guilty about it. And yes, it will ruffle feathers because others obviously benefited from it being out of order, but that's okay because sometimes ruffling feathers just makes for a new hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Ladies, thank you so much. What an absolute joy speaking with the both of you and all the, you know, that energy of love all around us. Um, you are, or are you both taking readings? If any of our listeners wanted to get in touch. Not me personally, because I'm still learning and I will happily give readings and sessions with people I know and love, um, but not out to the public. <laughs> Just yet. 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 <laughs> I do readings and I do crossing overs and all kind of different things. I've got a website that can be looked up. So uh, will definitely there. link. Thank you so much. Hugely appreciated. Thanks for having us. Lots of love to all of you.